Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, football is back and Bet Online still remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, the easiest. It's the best way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag, join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much, Bet Online, for bringing this podcast to the people. Good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever it is for you. I am Mike Catherwood, and this is Mikey Likes You. I am the Mike who does the liking. You are you who is liked. That's how it works. Basic, simple. Um, today's a very special episode. I mean, very special. I mean it like sitcoms in the 80s used to say, a very special episode. A very special episode of Growing Pains. Mike Seaver and his friend Boner. That's real, by the way. If you go back and watch Growing Pains, Mike, like Kirk Cameron's character had a, his best buddy. His name was Boner. That was his real name on the show. And that was super family friendly. And his last name was Stabone. The reason they called him Boner, because his real name is Sylvester Stabone. That made me laugh when I was nine years old. Like, you have no concept of how hard I laughed when, they, when I found out why they called him Boner. Because my last name's Stabone. He's like, what's your first name, Sylvester? Your name's Sylvester Stabone? Ah, <laughs> oh, but I digress. Um, normally I have a lot more planning that goes into this show. Normally I have a lot more kind of hot point topics that I find insightful that you might find useful. Um, that's kind of the basis of what makes a good podcast, I think. But today I want to talk about addiction and not a kind of scientific exploration of it or a thorough objective exploration of the disease of addiction. More of a stream of consciousness I'm just opening up because I recently celebrated, as, as of recording this two days ago, I celebrated 20 years, 20 years of recovery, of sobriety. And um, it, it forced me to analyze a lot of things. I think um, I, I put up a blog post about it because I was having a lot of trouble. I wanted to do this on Sunday, which was the day that I, that I celebrated. It's my sober birthday. 
but I, I couldn't. I mean, I don't want to say I couldn't because obviously I could, but I was, I, I had a really hard time. There was a lot of resistance. I've always prided myself on, or at least I've, I've thought of myself as a guy who has a, a mouthpiece, has, has this podium where people listen. You know, I'm not Logan Paul or anything or Joe Rogan, but I have a lot more people listening to me than the average person. And at times I had a tremendous amount of people listening to me when I was doing radio all day in a huge market and some, you know, syndicated too. So I, 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 I do that for a living. I talk to people and a lot of people are listening at the time. And I've always thought of myself as someone who kind of, even when it was difficult, was very honest and open and didn't find much resistance when it came to being very transparent about things. But I have also worked hard to not try to be this exhibitionist where it's just all about like, hey, this is what I'm suffering from. This is what I'm dealing with. No, just in general, I, I don't. I've always thought of myself as someone who had no facade with my on-air personality in comparison to my real personality. So I, I um, you know, whether it was going through a divorce or going through the struggles I've had in these past 20 years with addiction, uh, body image issues or, um, professional failures, ridicule, rejection, whatever it may be, or just seemingly nonsensical personal insecurity, things that I would get really upset about, things that I would view in myself that upon further examination aren't really that true. But something about this last week of my life has been pretty difficult And that was surprising because I would have thought that this would be kind of a joyous time because I can't think of many more achievements I've had that are, you know, I, I, I wasn't in the military or a first responder in any way. I'm not a, I'm not an ER doctor or something, you know, I don't do things in my life that are particularly fantastic. I'm sure, I hope my wife would say that I do, just being me, and I sure hope my daughter would say the same thing. But in general, in, when it comes to what separates me from everyone else, I, I, it's not particularly amazing. I'm not, a, I'm not a teacher, an educator, someone who educates the youth or someone who, you know, there's people out there, RNs and, and doctors and military and cops and paramedics and firemen and people that, that are saving lives with their day-to-day, uh, you know, behavior and their experience is really valuable. Um, I, I, I'm not that guy. So in the grand scheme of things, and I, by the way, I'm not trying to minimize myself as a person. It's just, it's reality. It's, I remember Brian Callen and I having this conversation about, um, you know, being an entertainer and how if shit hit the fan and there was like, an apocalypse of something like we're you fucking useless. <laughs> you know? 
an electrician and a plumber and a construction worker and a, a, a military officer of any type are so useful in many ways and uh, and a nurse you know or all these people will be and uh, it's like oh i make fart jokes uh but but there's a lot of value in that and i i certainly understand that and i don't i'm not trying to again minimize myself what i am trying to say is that you know when I look at what I've done in my life, 20 years of sobriety for someone who is a death, I'm a desperate alcoholic and drug addict, desperate, bad. Um, most of you will just have to take my word for it. But many of you who have known me prior to the last 20 years know that I'm not making that up. I'm not trying to look for tough street cred. I, um, I cannot, drink and use drugs. I, it is poison to me. I will absolutely kill myself with, with inebriating substances and do it again. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, numerous times when I was living on the East, in, a, in like a short period of time, there was numerous occasions, probably five to 10, where medical services had to be called for me Three times I can remember I got in, I woke up or at least remember coming to life in an ambulance because I had, I had OD'd. And all of those times I said, that's it. I can't, I, I'm dying. I'm, I literally, they saved my fucking life. Next time it's not going to, and I, I was like, I'm done. And within an hour I was, of being discharged, I was looking for drugs. And stopping to get a six-pack because I could, didn't have drugs, so I had to stop and get a six-pack or an 18-pack, whatever I could afford. Um, so I, I'm, 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 I'm a desperate drug addict. And I, I put together 20 years of sobriety, so that means something. But I've been pretty bummed out about it and I, to the point that I couldn't do this podcast you know at least I couldn't I didn't feel like I could I felt very resistant and I felt very resistant to go to a meeting and get my chip and celebrate or, or commemorate this achievement and I had a hard time identifying why So I gave up trying to identify why. And I just thought about, I said, I, I stopped putting pressure on myself and I just let the thoughts happen. And so then I just transitioned into thinking about what addiction is and was for me. And that's all I can really offer people. Because my relationship with drugs and alcohol is not your relationship with drugs and alcohol. And I don't expect people or want people to try to think that because I have abstained and, and hope to abstain for the rest of my life, that that is what I want for everyone. I don't have any negative or ill will or negative feelings or ill will towards drugs and alcohol. Um, I have negative feelings and ill will to drugs and alcohol for me. 
That's a big difference. So I, I just have my experience. I don't have any research or scientific understanding of some, but not any, not enough that I would feel comfortable doing a podcast about it or qualified, frankly. But I, I, I recognize like what it was for me is that I was an unhappy person and oftentimes I still am. And I found something that made me really happy. The problem was, is that the thing that I found that made me so happy just progressively narrowed what would continue to make me happy. And not just the drugs or the alcohol itself, but everything else in my life. As the drugs and alcohol just tightened, what I initially looked at as my baby blanket, as my armor, was was masquerading as something that was protecting me and helping me. And in reality, it was, it was a vice that was getting tighter and tighter. And the drugs and the alcohol stopped making me happy. They stopped making me as happy as they could. And, and I had to use more and more to even get the same kind of feeling until finally I couldn't get the same feeling. But not only that, everything else in my life, relationships, successes, all of it stopped making me happy. It all stopped bringing me joy. And that was what addiction was and is for me. It's the narrowing of all the things that could possibly bring me joy. And why? Because it was so easy. It was so easy. It was so easy to put something in my body. It wasn't always easy to get it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I had to go through, through some shit sometimes to get drugs. And even alcohol when I was under 21. Mm, no, no, no. Back in, the, back in the 90s, it was a little easier, even if you didn't have a fake ID. I did for a long time, but even before I did, it, I looked somewhat old. I was always kind of man-child, um, which is weird because I can't grow a fucking mustache. You see this? Like This is like one and a half days of no shaving, so my facial hair grows fast as shit, and I was one of the first kids to grow facial hair in my neighborhood, in my, in my high school, junior high school and stuff. And I still can't grow a mustache or a beard. I'd say like tops out. I'm, I, I have sprinter facial hair, not marathon runner. It goes fast, but it just... Phew. I have an ATP system facial hair. Either way, so I, it was hard to get drugs and alcohol sometimes, but it was never hard to do them. And I think that that was like, that's the real dividing line between what, what was addictive 
and what is addiction and what is actually providing me joy. Is that, you know, I could, it could have been gambling, it could have been sex, but for me it was chemicals. It was, it's easy and it just gives me that charge and, it, and, I, and I could do it and it was readily available and I had to put in very little effort. It was like this or this or this and that's about it. And I don't think that happiness comes to a human that easily. It shouldn't. And so maybe it's a video game. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's poker. Maybe it's food. But it, 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 be careful if that's your means of getting joy. Because I think easy, effortless shots of dopamine, they're not going to widen your access to happiness. They're just not. And if you have a problem with them, because look, I'm not saying fuck, fucking video games kick ass. I'm not a gamer myself, but I can look at modern games and I fuck around with them every once in a while. I'm like, Jesus, these are awesome. I get it. I'm not saying don't play video games. I love sex. I'm not saying don't, but when you're getting it without putting in any effort, when you're getting it without really connecting with it, there's a problem there. Because everything in my life has brought me real joy. It took effort. It took perseverance. Because trying to get it, I fucked up. And I would just keep going. And then... I'd get it, and it just would bring me sustainable, real happiness, visceral happiness. It wasn't artificial. It's like I got it analog, not digital. It was too easy. I put up a blog post about it because I was having trouble actually getting to the point where I could do this podcast, you know? And I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm going to put it up, but I'm not sure, like, this is going too well. I just wanted to talk about how I was feeling and tell you what was going through my mind. I always am careful when it comes to addiction and recovery because I don't want to be an evangelist for it. Because like I said, I don't have a problem with drugs and alcohol. I, I don't have a problem with the drugs and alcohol in total. I have a problem with me and drugs and alcohol. I don't feel like it's appropriate for me to start going around telling people you should stop doing them because I don't think that. What I think is, is that if you, have a, if you suffer from addiction, maybe hearing me talk might help you. 
And I also thought, well, maybe if you don't have a problem with addiction, hearing me talk might help you. Hey, fellas, look, confidence in the bedroom is really important, and I understand it can be embarrassing to try to deal with that if you identify a problem. Well, Blue Chew is here to save the day. Blue Chew, it's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. All right? You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is super simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is you don't have to deal with the embarrassment of waiting in line at the pharmacy, going to the doctor's office, zero awkward conversations. It all comes right to your door, and you get to avoid all the stuff that I know you don't want to deal with. Listen, the bedroom, when it goes down, you want to be able to perform. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? So get yourself some Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Gosh darn it, do we ever thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember to use that promo code Mikey at checkout. Oh boy, I'm going to tell you about a spoon. A magic spoon. Growing up, cereal, it was one of the best parts of being a child, right? Getting a bowl of cereal, some ice-cold milk, mmm, it made your whole day. Well, when we're all trying to eat better as adults, why not have the number one ace up your sleeve right in your pantry at all times? And that is Magic Spoon Cereal. It tastes as good, if not better, than all of your favorite childhood cereals. But you don't get any of the junk. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's just a bunch of regular old sugary cereal with a, some protein powder added in. Oh, no, 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 no. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Amazing Flavors, I've tried every one, and they're all delicious. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple, waffle, fruity, cocoa. Oh, man. All of them are delicious. And they, like I said, they all taste as good as your favorite childhood cereals. So head on over to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your entire order. Magic Spoon's so confident in this product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this here episode. Because when you hear people talking about recovery, oftentimes either they're curating what they're going to say Or they're just full of shit to begin with, and they're using their podcast, their vlog, their TV show, whatever, to, to, to they're, they're using as a tool to promote themselves in their life. And um, so I didn't want to come on here and tell you 
some bullshit, that it's been amazing, and that I feel so overwhelmingly happy because I frankly feel really grateful, but I also feel really fucking shameful and disappointed. That that I'm not living in some euphoria. (laughs) And that I can go 20 years and still feel really small and still feel very unsure about who I am and if I'm a good guy. And if I matter at all, I figured that shit would be taken care of. I figured that would be all solved by not fucking taking poison numerous times a day. But uh, it's not the case. And maybe I'm I'm I have an enhanced sense of shame and regret and all these things because it is this landmark time in my life. I don't really feel like this all the time, but it exists. And uh the only way I was able to change this And to get to the point where I could make this podcast and have some confidence that it would come out being good or useful or have a happy ending is that I just changed my perspective on all of it and thought about the fact that, you know, things don't happen to me. They're happening for me. And the two or three times that I was really butt-fucked by the entertainment industry and the two or three times or probably probably more where I phoned in certain stuff because I thought this project's stupid. I don't like it. So I'm not going to go in and, and swing for the fences because frankly – there's two things. One, I was being an arrogant prick and I was accepting the paycheck even though I knew I wasn't going to fucking commit myself. But two, every time I would try to swing for the fences and just be me and be what I think makes me special and unique, they'd be like, you can't do that on this show. The G- this is a family-friendly – I was like, oh, shut the fuck up. And I'm not talking about even being vulgar. I'm just talking about like having an interesting point of view or maybe bringing up an interesting – and be, they'd be like, listen, can you just – in not so many words, can you just tow the company line? And I was like, okay, well, how much you pay me? Okay, I'll do this. I'll continue doing this as long as you let me. But all this, all these things that I look back on, and I go, well, that was a mistake. Or that person or that company fucked me over. I go, I looked at it and I was sitting on my porch on this 20th anniversary going, it's all for the better. Because I'm here now. And I'm alive and I'm healthy. 
and my daughter's healthy and my wife is healthy. And I have a farm. I'm from the suburbs of L.A. I grew up like eight miles from Dodger Stadium. And I have a big farm. And I'm a, I'm a farmer. I raise animals. And I cuddle my donkey. And I have livestock dogs that run free and protect the animals. And chickens and guinea fowl. And I have my interior dogs, which are normal dogs. And it's amazing. And my daughter and I play pretend to be pirates. And she comes up with long stories that she wants to tell me about, you know, the specific pirate character that she's like, she's just always known. This is a legendary pirate that's lived in her consciousness for thousands of years, even though she's only eight years old. And And my wife, Tells me everything's going to be okay and comforts me. And none of this would happen. If it wasn't for the things that I've gone through that I looked at at the time and sometimes look at in retrospect as being so bad. I can't believe this is happening to me. Well, the reality is this is not. It's happening for me. It's happening for me to be me at 43 years old because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this good if it didn't happen this way. And it won't, and it'll be amazing at 53 and 63 and all that. Because I'm just going to work on taking into consideration that these things are happening for me. And I don't want to get into this, you know, corny idea of like everything happens for a reason or God's plan or whatever. What I am saying is that you can change your fucking perspective on it. And yeah, I feel negative thoughts and feelings and I have them going through me. And part of that is just me being me. And part of that is maybe justifiable. Maybe some shit was really hard. But some of it really was for for the long game. And some of it made me have more perspective on things than other people because I was able to live through it. And some of it's a fucking gift, a lot of it. And I just oftentimes don't have the ability to look at it that way. And if I didn't go through a pretty miserable stage of using drugs and drinking every day and really committing suicide on an installment plan, I wouldn't have anything to be happy for. I wouldn't have lived through that crucible so that I now can have the perspective that I have to have the, 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 the knowledge and the awareness about certain things. And so in that regard, 
I just changed the way I look at it and I, I'm, 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 I'm fucking happy and I'm grateful and it's just like a, <laughs> I'm still standing. And the last little bit of my, the last little bit of my kind of despondency around it is that I feel kind of survivor's remorse, (laughs) survivor's guilt. And it's not technically surviving because not everyone I know with alcohol and addiction and drug problems and is dead, but they're still fucking suffering. And a lot of them wish they were dead. And that kills me because I feel this tremendous empathy and this connection with all these people. Some of them, even if it's you right now watching or listening to this and I don't know you, it fucking tears me up inside to know that people are still suffering like that because I know that suffering. Fuck. I told myself I wasn't going to get all choked up. But again, maybe it's a good thing. Change my perspective on it. Because uh, there's going to be 10 dudes who are like, oh, you pussy. But I'm sure there's going to be other people that are like, well, at least he feels the same way I do and he's not trying to fucking hide it. But uh, it, it kills me to know that there's millions of people that just are f- stuck in that same shit that I was stuck in. And then I get re- I, I get regret that I'm even stuck in this mindset now because I'm like, I'm 20 years in. Fucking enjoy the ride, asshole. You could be you could be the that dude down the street. I when I lived in Venice, I saw lots of homeless people. And a lot of those homeless people, the overwhelming majority of them had serious drug problems and alcohol problems. I'm sure there was mental uh, mental health issues mixing, but the, the cocktail always, or not always, oftentimes included addiction, right? And uh, I would get fucking so sad because I knew, I knew, man. That like one or two different decisions, one or two different things that I did or, or that how I was just fucking gifted, like having two parents my whole life and having affluence, right? Being born American in, in, and I, you know, I wasn't a Rockefeller by or anything, but I, I never wanted, you know, I grew up with in a, in a nice suburban wealthy family and that I had nothing to do with that. It was just fucking book. Here you go. And I had parents that were supportive and loving and caring when shit hit the fan with me. And they're like, here's a check f- for a rehab center. We need our son to get healthy. We want our son to get clean. And I had friends 
and, and a support network of people who would come and check in on me and see how I was doing. And, and I had all that. And if I didn't, I would be this homeless guy that I'm looking at. Talking to himself, hoping, praying that someone gave him a couple bucks so that he could go score again. So it's like that 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 like like you hear in in disasters where there's fatalities, you hear the survivor's guilt. That's how I feel. Like and and I just gotta get away from it. But these are kind of the 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 the, the, the factors that go into me not feeling tip top on my twentieth sober birthday. But this I will tell you, my life is a million times better than it ever could have been if drugs and alcohol were still in it. That's not open for debate. My life is harder at times. But it's so much better. And what really concerns me is that when it comes to people who are still suffering in the disease... Is that I know, I don't think, I know that you think you're not worth it and that you think you can't do it. You think you can't live life without your drug of choice. That's impossible because it's the only thing that brings you happiness. It's all you have. I know that because I fucking felt that way. I can't, and it fucking kills me to say this. I can't say that I love my family as much as I loved drugs and alcohol. I loved it. It was everything I lived for. And I couldn't fucking imagine trying to live my life without it forever. I'll do a week if you if a judge makes me. I'll do 28 days if a judge forces, you know, uh, my parents forced me to go into a program live my life without this, it's the only thing I've ever loved. It's the only thing I had. It's my number one companion. I fucking love it. I couldn't imagine it. And I have done it 20 years. And you can too. And I know you think there's no fucking possibility. Absolutely there is. And I also know that you think you're not worth trying to do it. What's the fucking point? Because there's chemical and there's genetic issues that us addicts share. 
what makes it classified as a disease. And I know people like, oh, it's not a real disease. I, my dad got cancer. That's a real disease. I, I understand. But technically speaking, when people who know more than you do analyze it, it is, it is classified as a disease. And the reason is, is because if you are an addict, really are, it's different. And there's shit that we share, biological, social, hereditary, genetic issues. It's, it, there's, and one thing I know that we all share is that y- you don't get to the point where you wake up in the morning and you just crack that fucking whiskey bottle open and you're like, let me just get a little, get a little shooter in my coffee. Oh, let me take a lunch break. Go get a get a hitter. All right. Now we can get, you don't do that unless you really don't think very much of yourself. And you don't think you're worth even putting in the effort to try to clean up because no matter what the outside consequences are your family your friends your job all of these things going away you're going to jail you got your ass beat in and you're waking up in ambulances or frankly just society casts you off all because of this drug it's like well what the fuck fine let it all dissolve I'm not going to go through the horror of trying to detach myself from this thing that has destroyed everything around me because frankly I'm not worth it I'm just going to continue using this one thing that I have, my companion, and I'm going to ride it into the sunset, and I'm just going to take it to the grave. So be it. I know you feel that way because fucking I felt that way. But you are worth it. You are worth it, and you can do it. You can. I'm not special. I'm not fucking special by any stretch of the imagination. But it's really hard. But you know what? circling back to the beginning of this podcast, that's what makes it all worth it. Yeah, it's fucking hard. But once you can get to there, that point, and I don't have it licked, shit, I hope I can make it another day. I don't think about the rest of my life. I think about tomorrow, even after 20 years. It's like if I can go to bed tonight without a drink and without drugs, That's that's all I'm thinking about. Progress, right? But you can do it. I I, I can't believe I'm old enough to be fucking sober for 20 years. It's 
still got my hair. And it's banging. Love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.